Welcome to Beyond the Bridge with psychic medium and animal communicator, Samantha Jones. We are glad you are here and hope you enjoy the next hour where Samantha and her guests will help connect you to the magic of the universe, as well as to your loved ones and pets, both here and beyond the bridge. And now, Samantha Jones. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. I am your host, Samantha Jones, and I am so glad that you are here today. Thank you to each and every one of you for joining, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day so far. Last week, our topic was exploring psychedelics on your spiritual journey, and I had Mystic Molly on the show that day, and I hope that you all enjoyed that. I love having her on the show. Her energy is just so positive and even when she's talking about things that are hard to talk about, she just comes off with this amazing glow, and, and I just love it so much. So so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, definitely go back and do it, especially if this is something that you're interested in. But after listening back to it myself, I realized that there was something that we didn't really talk about that I wanted to just talk about really briefly. And I had actually gotten a message from one of my friends that listened to the episode, and she had sent something. So I'm going to read this to you. But first, what I'm talking about is if you decide to do psychedelics, you want to try it. It is very important to do it with somebody that you trust. I would never suggest doing it by yourself, especially the first time, because you just don't know how it's going to go. But there are a lot of people that go to like ceremonies, sometimes even retreats, like what Molly was talking about. So that might be something to look into to do. And it's not like as extreme extreme as what Molly was talking about. They just walk you through the process and get you prepared for it. I had another friend that did this and the um, the lady actually prepared her so that because it can make you really nauseous, the mushrooms can make you really nauseous. So she started her on probiotics and stuff before. So these are all great tips that if you're worried or you just want, you know, somebody to be there that you trust, maybe looking into. But this is what my friend Leah had said to me, and I wanted to read it. She said, My best friend has been going through a couple of really, really difficult years. She has had occasional suicidal ideation. Yeah. And rather recently had what her therapist classified as a suicidal gesture. She went just a couple of weeks ago and had her first therapeutically guided ceremonial psychedelic experience. They took things very lightly on her this first time through, and it definitely has finally cracked something open to allow her to actually start to make some strides towards feeling better. It's baby steps, but she was going backwards before for certain. She is doing a little deeper dive on some other therapies in between and plans to go for a second ceremony in June. So, oh, and then she said, that literally nothing had helped besides this. Like she was going backwards, things weren't getting better. And this was the one thing that has really helped her. So I really truly believe that it opens a part of you that you don't even know is there. It connects you to something that you might not know is there, or you might just need more proof of. So definitely if it's something that you're interested in and you haven't listened to that episode, go back and have a listen. And anybody that like goes and has these experiences that wants to share, I love to hear it. So please feel free to message me. I got a lot of messages last week from people that are interested in doing it and stuff. Um, I just really liked what she had to say about her friend going to this ceremony. So one other thing before we start this week's episode is if you will be in the Phoenix or Surprise, Arizona area, Saturday, April 22nd, there is an event that sounds like a lot of fun. It's uh, bring your friends and family to enjoy the Water Lantern Festival coming to Phoenix and Surprise, Arizona. Enjoy this magical floating water lantern event, which includes local food trucks games, activities, vendors, music, and the beauty of thousands of lanterns adorned with letters of love, hope, and dreams reflected upon the water, all happening on Saturday, April 22nd at the Surprise Community Park. And that address is 16089 North Bullard, B-U-L-L-A-R-D Avenue in Surprise, Arizona. What a name for a city. I kind of like that surprise. Every time you like have to say your city, I would think it would make you happy because you're like, surprise. I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb, but I thought that was funny. Anyways, 
This is voted the number one best cultural festival by USA Today two years in a row. This event brings communities together and individuals of all ages, backgrounds, and walks of life in one emotional and memorable night. One thing that I I remember reading about this is that you write a letter to a loved one or like write a note to them that um, that has passed away and you put it on this lantern. So it's a way of sending your message to your loved one. So this sounds like a beautiful event. So if you're in that area, check it out. I have read also that this happens around the country there. They had do it in Las Vegas, other places around the United States. So so check it out. I think it, it sounds like a great idea. And for more information and speckle special ticket packages, you can visit visit waterlanternfestival.com. Sorry, apparently my tongue is tied today. Waterlanternfestival.com. So check it out. Okay, so what is today's topic? Today's topic actually just came to me this morning. Well, first of all, let me say that this show has been pre-recorded. I'm actually out of town. So you're listening to it on a day that I'm out of town. So um, I didn't know what I wanted to do this episode about just yet because I'm recording this on Friday. And it just clicked after talking to a few clients this morning about things in their lives that this is something that needed to be talked about. And that is toxic relationships and how to deal with them, especially on a spiritual journey, because when you're doing shadow work and other things that we have talked about, this is something that's going to probably continuously creep up into your life because the universe tests us all the time to see how we're going to handle these things. So first of all, what is a toxic relationship? It really is anything that is mentally, emotionally, or even spiritually damaging. A toxic relationship, it's our, toxic relationships are defined by fear and submission and dominance and inequality and even deception. A lot of times when you're dealing with these types of relationships, you may not know which one of you is the problem. If it's you or if it's them, because especially if if the person in the relationship is a gaslighter and you don't know what to do, you don't know who to turn to or what to make of your situation. But that's where the universe comes in and they try and help us and they try and guide us to have the most healthy relationships that we can have. It's not always easy and it's not supposed to be. I think that's something that we forget Um, It just becomes ingrained in us for whatever reason that this is supposed to be easy. And then when it's not, we're we're disappointed, but it's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be where we learn and grow and help other people learn and grow. And so these toxic relationships that we have in our lives are not happening for no reason. They are happening to teach you, to teach the other person, to help you guys learn a lesson together. This goes back also to soul contracts. A toxic relationship can happen with absolutely anyone, parents, children, other family members, your significant other or spouse, friends, co-workers, and honestly, even with yourself. That was one that it was really interesting. I had put this episode together and I was like, am I missing anything here? And then I thought, is there another toxic relationship? And it came to me. It's the relationship with ourself. Because really, that is the most toxic one, because we allow the other people to be toxic to us. And we'll talk more about that in the episode. But here are some signs with whatever kind of relationship it might be that you are dealing with some form of toxic relationship. First of all, if you feel like you're walking on eggshells, you should not feel like that. Life is too short to feel like you can't relax, especially if it's in your own home. Like if this is a situation with a spouse or whatever, you know, when it comes to friends and coworkers, you have your space. But when it's somebody that you see every day, if, if you still live with a parent or if your child lives with you and you feel like you have to constantly walk on eggshells, that's definitely a sign of a toxic relationship. Not being able to speak freely for whatever reason you feel like, you know, the, the person is going to do whatever. If some This could come down to abuse. Um, you might feel like the person will leave you if you talk freely or you're just going to get in an argument. But whatever, it's definitely a sign of toxic relationships. 
Also, people that tend to be toxic feel like it's all about them. The narcissism, the, sometimes it even goes down to being a sociopath. Um, it's about them. Feeling drained or depressed when you're around this person or thinking about these, this person, or if it's somebody that's a major player in your life, if you're just constantly feeling drained or depressed because it just never goes away, there's never a break. Feeling anxiety at the thought of interacting with someone is, you know, social anxiety is one thing, but if you feel like you don't want to go home because you're afraid that you're going to walk into something when you get home, an argument with your spouse or whatever, then that fits into this for sure. Being made fun of, called names, or taken advantage of at all. I'm so against this in any kind of relationship, calling somebody else names. It's not necessary or putting them down, making them feel bad about themselves, especially, you know, sometimes we say things and we don't mean those things. That's different. But when somebody is sitting there saying something about you, putting you down or making fun of you for just being who you are, that is definitely not a healthy relationship. Constant drama, too. There's no reason to have relationships that are constantly full of drama. There just isn't. Strict roles in the relationships. Like, let's say uh, you're married and your spouse is a man and he wants to have all the control because that's what men do. You know, living in that 50s type of mentality, that's a good example of this. Or domination, telling you what to do all the time. And justifying bad behavior. That is definitely one of the things that toxic people do, that they feel like I'm justified for doing this because either you did this or somebody else did or whatever. They always find a reason that it's okay and try and justify their bad behavior. What causes these toxic relationships? There's a lot of things that can cause the toxic relationships. But here's a few. Poor communication, having bad communication skills yourself so that you don't feel like you can talk to this person or there's just poor communication between you because you feel like anytime that there is communication, it's just, you know, doesn't go the way that you're hoping it'll go or, or whatever the, the situation is there. Unclear or poor boundaries. It's really important in any kind of relationship that you set boundaries that when somebody does something that is not appropriate, that doesn't feel right for you, like let's say that you're in a new relationship and for the first time, the person that you're dating calls you a name. How are you going to handle that? Are you going to completely freak out? <clears throat> are you going to let it go? Or are you going to handle it in a mature, appropriate, good communication kind of way? Really, the best way and the right way to handle it, according to the universe, is to calmly say to that person that you do not appreciate being called names and you're not going to tolerate it. And if they're going to be a name caller, then you're going to leave. But being calm about it and not, you know, being whatever, not being crazy about it, that is a big part of it. Because when you try and set boundaries on something and you're yelling at somebody, it doesn't help to make the boundaries clear. So super important. Be clear about those. Um, emotional or mental immaturity. Of course, sometimes it just comes down to the fact that people are just really immature or they're really stuck in their own world and, you know, all of that. Uh, which is kind of, you know, with narcissism, that's another thing here. Another cause of toxic relationships is one or both people. I, gosh, two narcissists together, that would not be fun. That doesn't sound like a good time. One narcissist is bad enough. Uh, childhood wounds. This is a huge one. I think that this is where it all begins. And so we're going to take a break in a minute. But when we come back and start talking about these relationships, we're going to start with the parent child relationship because that's where a lot of the things start a lot of the problems start is in the childhood wounds there's also things like mental illness or addiction these are things that you might not even know about a person when you first start a relationship with them and then you find out that they have you know something that makes them make the relationship toxic especially like mental illness is really hard because there's obviously an issue, an underlying issue, and you want to love the person so much, but unless they get help for the mental illness, it's hard. So 
Um, yeah. And then codependence is another one that causes relationships to be toxic. So let's go ahead and take our break now so that when we come back, we can start talking about parents and children, because this is definitely very, very, very common. Probably one of the, the most common things that I deal with as a psychic. So, so stay tuned, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Have you ever suffered grief from the loss of a loved one or pet? Do you ask yourself questions like where did they go and what are they doing? Do you have guilt for things left unsaid or feel the need for answers about the loss you never received? Join Samantha Jones, psychic medium and animal communicator, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where her and her guest will discuss all things beyond the bridge. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests? Or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so glad that you are here. And today we are talking about toxic relationships. So like I mentioned, these relationships can be with absolutely anybody in our life, anybody at all. Uh, But really, I feel like the number one thing that I hear besides like a partner or spouse is a parent-child relationship. Having issues in families is normal. Parents and kids, obviously, you're not going to see eye to eye on things. And, you know, a child, they're they're growing, they're learning, they don't know how to react to things. And so these things are just normal to have arguments. It's about how often are these arguments and how bad do they get that we really have to look at. Um, Our parents set the tone not only for our childhood, but for our entire lives if we allow them to. If we allow the damage that was done to us as children to continue on into adulthood, then that's when we take those that toxic relationship and make other relationship toxic a lot of times without even realizing it. A part of the problem is that we are conditioned to respect our parents, our elders, at least my generation, Gen X and the boomers and them, they we were all taught to respect our elders. I have a horrible potty mouth. My mother never heard me drop the F-bomb, but once, strictly because I felt that she was a parent and I should respect her more than that. But that might be going a little far. But nowadays, it's not like that. Nowadays, it's kids just use these as, you know, they're just words. It's not a big deal anymore. Uh, but we are continu- we are conditioned to respect people that are our parents, our family members, and things like that. 
to the point where a lot of times we do allow ourselves to get hurt, especially if we're like under the age of 18 and we're living at home and, you know, you don't have much life experience at that point and you can't really make of what things are. And so you allow these things to happen because what other choice do you have? Growing up, I had a very toxic relationship with my mom. I didn't want to have a toxic relationship, but she was a very toxic person. She was a a wonderful person most of the time. She was a lot of fun and um and stuff like that. But the relationship was not healthy. My mother had codependency issues, but her codependency was not on me. It was on other men, um which kind of made the whole situation worse. But one of the examples that I can give you about a situation that happened with my mom where I had to put boundaries down because I could see that the toxic relationship is something actually that she did for a lot of my life. Um, She used to pretend that she had passed out. It was one way that she would get attention. When I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11, she was passed out in the hallway And my friend saw her there and said, your mom's laying in the hallway. And my response was, oh, she does that all the time. And that's not normal, but it was normal. I saw her do that all the time. It was one of the ways that really she she found that she could get attention. It worked because most of the time people would completely freak out about it. And as I got older and I started getting more anxious about the relationship, I started being one of the ones that would be like, oh, my God, are you okay? You know? Um, but then I realized that she wasn't actually passing out, that she was doing this for attention. And um, it all became very clear to me. And at that point, I had moved out on my own. And I had noticed that some of these things that she had done like that, I was starting to think that sounded like a good idea that I should pretend to pass out so that when my boyfriend and I had problems, he would feel sorry for me. And then I realized, whoa, no, that's that's not healthy. But the way that I realized that wasn't healthy is she did it again. After I moved out, I was visiting her and there was one day that I don't remember what I was doing, but I walked into her room and I found her passed out in her bathroom, passed out. Um, And I just stood above her for a minute and watched her breathe and could see that she was breathing. And I said to her, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. This is not healthy you are not actually passed out. You're just trying to get my attention and it's no longer going to work. And I got in my car and I left and we never talked about it. Neither one of us ever said anything about it, but she never, ever did that to me again. Now she did to other people. That's something else. But I laid my boundaries there and I made it very clear that in this relationship, she wasn't going to do that to me. And unfortunately, through the years that I had her because she died when I was 26, I was really young. Uh, But I did have to lay some of those boundaries with her. You know, it it just it needed to happen because she didn't know she didn't understand these boundaries. Nobody had ever laid them for her and she always got her way. And so it just had to happen. Another situation that I have currently is that um, I had talked about this before in previous episodes. But if you're not aware, about a little over a year ago, I found my biological father after not knowing that the man that I was raised to believe was my father was actually my father, if that makes sense. Um, so I found my biological father, and it's not a fairy tale ending. Uh, luckily, I got a sister out of it that I love very much, and she's very much um, a big part of my life now. But My biological father and brother are alcoholics, and my mother was also an alcoholic, and I have been surrounded by them my entire life, and it is a place where I draw a boundary. I won't, I just can't, I can't do it because I know how um, toxic they are. I know how toxic the alcoholics are, and so at this point in my life, I won't do it, and I tried from the beginning of getting to know my dad I tried to explain that to him, that I've been through a lot in my life and I'm not going to tolerate certain things. And as long as we have mutual respect that we can make this relationship work. And um, it went okay for a while until he really started drinking really heavily. And then he started doing the same kinds of things that my mother was that she would do calling and leaving messages, you know, oh, if you cared about me, you would answer the phone, stuff like that. 
and I just decided I can't do this. This is not healthy for me. It's not healthy for my family because what affects me affects everybody else. Then they, you know, worry about me or or whatever. And and a lot of things I keep inside because I don't want to do that. So I had to tell him we can't have a relationship. And it's really sad because I was really hoping that we could. There's way more to it than just this. But um, sometimes my point is sometimes even when it comes to family, you have to lay those boundaries and not allow them to either be a part of your life at all or to be as much of a part of your life as they would like to be because they just don't get it. Um, you can't change other people. You can change yourself. You can change the way that you look at a situation. Like years ago, I probably would have just tolerated this and, you know, whatever. But I've grown up and I, I don't want that in my life. I want to be happy and not have toxic relationships. And so I see that it's it's important for all of us that if we have these types of people in our lives that will not listen to our boundaries, that we do something. We do something to... Um, protect ourselves, but in a healthy way, not not in a bad way. The other relationship that is a big one, and I do a lot of love readings, is um, your significant other. Really, this is probably, you know, you spend your first 18 years with your parent or, or parent, depending on how you were raised, and then you you know, maybe you're on your own for a little while or whatever your story is, and you meet somebody, and then you're with them all the time. And you might be with them for five years, you might be with them for 15 or 50 years, whatever it is. It is so important that this person in your life is not a toxic relationship. And this is another one of those areas. It's like with family, you're blood. And so you feel like you're just trapped because you're blood and you know, you're supposed to stay loyal. But when it comes to significant others, a lot of times what happens is people, they don't want to say that they failed or they are afraid to be alone, or whatever the situation is that makes them stay in a toxic relationship, they just do, and they continue to stay. Maybe, you know, you don't think that you can survive, you know, money with money on your own or, or whatever. But those are the types of things that the universe doesn't want us to do. They don't want us to stay in an unhealthy relationship because of money or even because of our kids. And I have a hard time with this one. Because I do a lot of these love readings and a lot of people do ask me, you know, should I stay with this person or not? And when there's kids involved, that changes things. But at the same time, it doesn't. Because you deserve to be happy and your kids deserve to be happy. So if the relationship between you and your spouse is toxic and your kids are being subjected to this, then they're going to learn bad relationship behaviors. I was not brought up with good relationship behaviors at all. And I've had to learn over the years. I've had to learn to be an affectionate person. I wasn't raised with affection. Um, these are all things that, you know, they, they tend to stem from our childhood and we will take them into our relationships. If you were codependent or your parents were codependent, you're probably going to look for a codependent person. They say a lot of times that the person that you marry is a lot like one of your parents and um, I will tell you that both myself and my second husband, we feel that that's true. I feel that the first time round, I married my mother and he feels that he married his mother. And I think that this happens because we still have things that we need to work out that we maybe didn't work out like lessons or soul contracts or whatever. And so those things have to be fulfilled with somebody else. But a part of why this happens is so that we will break that toxic behavior so that we will walk away from it and realize that this is not healthy and this is not the way it's supposed to be because a healthy partnership is about mutual love, respect, and integrity. There shouldn't be like one person in the relationship that has more control than the other one. It should be, you should be a team. And that's one of the signs that you might be in a toxic relationship is if you're not a team, if you're always working against each other, if there's jealousy, like say that your spouse, um, that you get a promotion and then your spouse gets mad because you got the promotion and they were hoping to get one or, or whatever, that's toxic. You should always be be happy for your spouse. This is the person that you're supposed to love and, you know, want to be with. And so, of course, you want to see good things happen to them. So that 
is a bit of unhealthiness when that happens. Um, also, if one person is always the giver and the other person is always the taker, there needs to be a balance there. This, These are all things that I noticed in my first marriage, but I didn't notice until I was out of them. Uh, I didn't realize that my first marriage was toxic, but looking back now, it was. It was toxic from the beginning. Uh, I'm not saying we didn't have good times or you know have fun together, but when it came down to it, the relationship was not... 50-50. We were not a team. He was not happy for me when things would go my way. It just was not healthy at all. Here's another example that I want to give you. And this may seem a little bit extreme, but this does happen to people in relationships. So my, I'm, I have my current husband, Danny, who I've been with for almost 10 years. But before him, actually, it'll be 10 years the day you guys are listening to this. That's kind of wild or on the day it goes live. But before him, I dated around, you know, and there was one person that I dated. And he told me because I had probably like four, four or five tattoos at the time. And he told me that if I got any more tattoos, that he would break up with me. Even if we were married, it was done. He was not going to tolerate any more tattoos. Well, I just got tattoo number nine yesterday. And my husband, Danny, he he was very, very supportive and actually drew concept art for it. That right there is the difference between a toxic and a healthy relationship. My husband might not like everything that's tattooed on my body. He might not, you know, be, I I have one that's pretty big that I think he would have preferred I put somewhere else on my body, but he loves me and he supports me unconditionally. And so it doesn't matter what's on my body. It doesn't matter if I have piercings or or whatever. That is just, or what color my hair is. That's the externalness. That's not, you know, who the person is. And being that kind of controlling is really, really unhealthy. And I had never really experienced that in a relationship before. Um, This particular relationship was very important looking back at my journey and seeing that I was taught what was toxic um, with this relationship. At the time that I was dating him, my grandmother was my main job and I was on call 24-7. And that a lot of times took me away from him and even the phone calls took me away from him and he would be angry about that and be very verbal about the fact that he was angry and even... Um, one time became physically violent because of it. And that was the end for me. That right there showed me this is not a healthy relationship. This is toxic and I'm not going to spend my life like this. But you have to look at it and see what is actually going on here because a lot of times these toxic relationships, they will make you feel like you're the problem. So looking at the situation, you have to look at it objectively and see what is actually going on here and what is what's the right thing to do? Is this person for you? Do they make you feel good? Do they make you feel nervous when you're around them? Or do they make you feel quieted and comfortable? Uh, That relationship, that one in particular, I was always anxious about. My relationship now, I just, I'm always relaxed, always. It's like, it's just so nice to not be in a toxic relationship. And seeing the differences now, I realize why we have to go through those things, why we have to experience toxic relationships, because that teaches us how to be in healthy relationships. So let's go ahead and take our second break. When we come back, we're going to talk about other types of unhealthy relationships, friendships, coworkers, and the relationship with yourself, actually. So, so stay tuned, friends. We will be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. 
From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. We often hear the word Zen, but what exactly is Zen? The answer is as endless as a bottomless box. The base of a Zen philosophy is a mind capable of fresh thinking, one that is free, not trapped. Tune in to Let's Open the Box of Zen with your host, Hitomi, to explore how to let go of life's toughest challenges and find your Zen. Let's Open the Box of Zen Mondays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests? Or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. Today we are tackling the topic of toxic relationships. We've talked about now parents and significant others. And of course, this is stuff that we could really talk about for hours because there's so much that comes with it and and so much that we can do to, to fix it. But let's talk about some other things like friendships because friendships can be very toxic too. And a lot of times these friendships come to us again so that we can see things, even things in ourselves and people. Like if you have a friend that you see something in them that you don't like, a lot of times it will be because you actually are struggling with those same things and it's being pointed out to you that you might be struggling with the same thing. So never discount that these relationships are happening for a reason. It's just about how you deal with them. But a few ways to know if your friendships are toxic is one of them is if it's a very one-sided relationship. I have noticed this a lot with people since my spiritual awakening. It's not something I paid much attention to before, but most people want to talk about themselves. They'll ramble on and on and on for hours about themselves and then go, oh, by the way, how are you? Um, okay, are, are we friends or are you just using me as an outlet to talk about yourself? Like that's one of the big ones that I see a lot now when I go out with people and I have a few friends that are so good at not doing this and it's a back and forth conversation. But because I now am aware of this, I don't talk about myself until I'm asked. Uh, and sometimes that will take quite a while. <laughs> it's quite interesting. It's a little experiment actually. Give it a shot. See what happens if people actually, how long it takes for them to ask you, how how are you today? Or what's new in your life? Or And to really care, because sometimes people do it, you know, and they're like, oh, how are you today? And, you know, you say, oh, my, maybe having a rough day. And then they're like, oh, well, whatever. And then go on with, you know, it, it's, you just have to look at it as if the relationship is one-sided. Also, if they're always asking things of you, but never want to do anything for you in return, just like any other relationship, friendships shouldn't be one-sided. They should be equally balanced. If they drain you mentally or have a way of bringing you down instead of building you up, it might not be a relationship that is necessarily toxic just with you. This could be how they are and how their relationships are in general. So it's definitely something that you have to look at as to why are they like this? Is it something I'm doing or is it something that they are, they, you know, that they do all the time? And you really, in these situations, you have two main options. You can try talking to your friend first 
uh, it's possible that they just don't realize how unpleasant their behavior is. And maybe you just have to bring it to their acknowledge. Uh, and if you if you want to salvage the relationship, that is, that's a good first choice. And, and the second choice is ending the friendship. And sometimes this is what has to be done. Sometimes you're just not compatible with people and the relationship, the friendship doesn't need to be there. Let's talk to you about coworkers. This is a big problem for a lot of people too, because the other place where most people spend their time is at work. So here's a couple of, of examples that I'll give you of toxic coworkers. One of my first jobs when I was younger was at Petco and I worked in the small animal and bird department. And the lead lady there, her and this other woman were best buddies. And when I came in, the other woman thought that I was going to get in the middle of their friendship, which was just silly. I didn't even know that this was going on. So the other coworker, not the one that was in charge, but the other one, she sabotaged me. Uh, I knew she didn't like me, but then she decided to befriend me and sabotage me. And um, the way that she did that is the lead went out of town and I was put in charge of all of it, the whole bird and small animal department. And this other coworker, she told me that she would help me. And during the time that she helped me, we started, I felt like we were bonding, but she was actually pretending. And then she, after I left work that day, before the lead came back the next day, she totally destroyed a lot of my work that I did. And when I came in the next morning, everything was trashed. And the lead asked me what I did the whole time that she was gone. And I knew at that moment that this coworker was unhealthy and that I couldn't work in this environment anymore. And I quit. Uh, there was nothing I could do. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it at all. Those, those jobs were a dime a dozen. But on the flip side, like my ex-mother-in-law, she had a horrible situation. I don't remember a lot of the details, but she was very sensitive to perfumes and chemicals and smells and stuff. And she had a coworker that was wearing this perfume that was giving her migraines. And she asked the coworker very nicely at first if she, there's something that she could do, you know, maybe not wear that at work or wear less of it or something. And the coworker actually took it the complete other way and started making the situation worse. And my mother-in-law actually had to get a mask that she would wear at work so that she didn't smell it. But the other, the coworker that wore, wore the perfume, she made it miserable. She made it totally miserable. Why? Why would you do that? It's perfume. If somebody told me that I was doing something like that, especially if it was like something I didn't realize or it made them feel unhealthy, I wouldn't want to do it. So that right there shows you that that is a toxic coworker, which a lot of times is a toxic environment. And being in that kind of environment is very, very unhealthy. So definitely something to think about in your career. And the other side will show us these things, too to sometimes push us out of careers. So always take that into consideration. Um, the, like I said earlier, one of the ones that I almost forgot was the toxic relationship with ourselves. Sometimes we're the toxic ones. I've been toxic myself. Looking back now, I can see it many, many times, many, many, countless times, to the point where if these people that I was toxic to were still a part of my life, I would apologize to them. So if anybody's listening that I've been toxic to, I really apologize because I didn't see it at the time. I didn't see that I was the toxic one. And, and that doesn't mean that the other person wasn't at all. But the thing here is when you're looking at a situation and you're having some kind of problem, whether it's, you know, a child or a parent or any of these that we've talked about, you have to objectively look at it as to why is this happening? What is the other person doing? But more importantly, you have to look at yourself because a toxic relationship isn't going to happen without your permission. There's always exceptions to those rules. I understand there's sometimes where you can't get out of a marriage at this particular point or you're living with your parents or your child or whatever and you can't always get away from it. But you need to look within yourself, too, and see what you might be doing in this situation. Because 
one of the things that I look back and I see is that in relationships that I had in the past, I didn't take accountability for my own actions, for the way that I was, because I didn't realize that I, a lot of the things that I were do, was doing was unhealthy, uh, just because that's how I was raised. And I had never done any of this work on myself, never done any shadow work. And now that I've done a lot of this shadow work and I look back and see, oh my gosh, I was so toxic in so many areas, including including this one, including thinking that I was always right and that I was never the problem in the relationship. And that can't be farther from the truth. And now that I can admit that to myself, when there's a situation within my marriage, my current marriage, I I always examine it. Who was this? That Like if we have an argument or whatever, or if I'm feeling a certain way, I always look at it as who's the who's who's the main problem here who started this what's going on but look always looking at my accountability and sometimes i'm the problem it, like taylor swift said it's me hi i'm the problem it's me uh you have to be willing to accept that that you are sometimes the problem because when you do then you can fix it and i've really try every time that one of these situations comes up in my life whether it's with my husband, my stepdaughter, my sister, my friends, whoever it is, I try and look at it as how could I have done things differently? Was I the toxic person in this situation? And if so, you have to take accountability for it. It's so important to take accountability for it. It's humbling. It is very humbling, but it helps the relationship when you can be accountable and I was trying to explain this to my dad as well, because he's not accountable for his actions. When you hold yourself accountable for what you've done and you tell people that you hold yourself accountable and you're sorry and you're you're sincere about it, that's where the healing happens. And that's where things can start to get better. These relationships where somebody says, you know, I'm sorry, but and gives you a whole list of reasons why they did this, especially like. I did this, or I'm sorry, but you made me do this, or I'm sorry, but you pushed me to that point, or I'm sorry, but I don't approve of what you're doing, whatever it is, it's toxic. And we have to look at that. And then we have to when we do these things, because none of us are without guilt on this. And that's why this toxic relationship with yourself is important, is that it's not, it's never going to always be the, the other person. Even if you're on this spiritual journey and you're working on yourself like myself, I know that sometimes I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to be the person in the wrong and that I have to say I'm sorry and be accountable, you know, and that actually I think it um, like I said, it's humbling. It's made me realize how human I am. It's made me see other people the way that that they are instead of projecting myself onto them. It's helped me to be more respectful of other people and accepting of other people because a lot of times they don't realize what they're doing because maybe nobody's ever pointed it out to them. Maybe it complete it feels completely normal to them. And so they don't even realize that they're toxic. Something else about a toxic relationship with yourself is about the way that you talk to yourself. The things that you do and you say to yourself are so important. The relationship that you have with yourself is the most important relationship that you will experience in this life. And I wish that I would have realized that sooner, but it took my spiritual awakening for me to really see that the only person every single day of my life since I was born the only person that I have spent every day with is myself. And I spent a lot of time not liking myself in the past. And I'm sure that there's a lot of you that can relate to that. Now I see myself for what I am. I'm honest with myself. I have good qualities. I have bad qualities. The bad qualities I'm, wor I'm working on. I'm never going to be perfect. And nobody is ever expected to be perfect. But I don't want to be toxic to myself. I don't want to be toxic to others. I want to respect myself and my own boundaries, which means that when somebody oversteps your boundaries, if you allow them to, that you're also disrespecting yourself. So that comes back to the relationship with yourself as well. So all of these things combined 
all of these relationships, all of the things that we experience, this is what we're here to experience. This is what we're here to learn. We're here to experience everything. That's why we live multiple lives so that we can experience absolutely everything and we can learn and grow from each other. And it's really absolutely quite amazing if you stop and think about it for a second, if you look at it for what it is and how it's actually really amazing what the universe does to try and make us happy, even though we may have had issues in our lives the universe really tries to work with us to make life happy for us if we allow it. And I just love being able to be a messenger for them because that's really what I am. To be honest with you, and, and I don't think I've said this on this show before, but on my, my other podcast I have, when I do this, most of the time I'm not the one that's really talking. I'm channeling. I'm channeling the universe. I'm allowing the universe to speak through me. So this advice that you're getting is not coming directly from me. It's coming from the universe. And a lot of times the things that they say are just as much advice for me as anybody else. Um, I, I feel like a lot of times when I'm talking to you guys that I'm also speaking to myself because the universe does speak through me. So know that that's where this is coming from. Uh, the universe really wants to help us through everything. Our loved ones on the other side, they help us every single day to try and be the best version of ourselves that we can be. We just have to allow them to do it. So I hope that you'll take a little bit of what we've talked about today with toxic relationships and maybe make some changes for yourself and also in the relationships, you know, whatever that may be. And anybody that needs any help with this, please feel free to reach out to me. I love talking to you guys and, and being of help if I can be. So I'm looking forward to next week. I don't know what we're going to do yet, which is always a part of the excitement, but it will be fun, no doubt. Until then, uh, if you would like to find me, you can find me on the web, samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. You can find my other podcast, Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses there. Uh, and actually, this last week, uh, this week we did a 420 episode on Spiritual Philosophy Chatter because it's 420. So check it out. Um, it's a good one. So... Thank you so much for being here, everyone. I hope that you got something out of this, and I can't wait to be back here next week with you. Until then, everyone, peace and love. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. We hope you will join Samantha and next week's guest for more eye-opening ways to connect to the universe. Until next week, peace and love.